The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Like I said, I wish I could do this process under a rock, you know what I'm saying, just to myself and pop out whenever I felt like I was super, super duper, you know, ready to be a pro bowler, you know what I'm saying? But um, I think it's power in, 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 in being out here every day and, and doing my process in front of the world, you know. And I always wanted to stand for something bigger than myself. That uh, was my goal my whole life, you know. I, I had goals within this game. But, you know, life goals, that was the biggest thing. I wanted to stand for something bigger than myself, and I have the opportunity to do that now, and I'm going I'm to I'm fulfill that. That's Tamar Hamlin back in pads less than seven months after suffering cardiac arrest on the field in Cincinnati. What a ride it has been for Ooh, him. Man. And, hey, you got to process a lot mentally. Oh, Physically, that's right. by all appearances, he's fine. And commodio cortis, the condition that seems to be the consensus that occurred, the very rare outcome of taking a blow to the chest and causing the heart to stop. It happens a lot with youth baseball. Remember when my son played, he had the plate that you wear right here on your sternum to kind of take that blow and, and dissipate it so it doesn't concentrate and cause the heart to stop. It does happen. The sensitivity to those issues, the AEDs that are showing up everywhere now, the donations that have been made by teams like the Saints and the Packers, DeMar Hamlin's foundation, that's all great stuff flowing from this. But now we're back to football. He's back in pads. And how could you not at some level not be thinking, was it really just a fluke lightning strike or am I susceptible to this in some way? And I, and, and, and is it going to happen to me again? Yeah. I, I, I would yeah. be thinking oh. that. How could, how could a, a normal human being not be at least considering the possibility that it wasn't just some fluke thing that could have happened to anyone. It's something specific that happened to me that could happen again. Yeah, that, there's going to be some mental blocks and mental hurdles he's going to have to continue to overcome there. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I, I, you know, I can speak to that to a degree. You know, Losing my spleen that next year when I got to play in the preseason, uh, I mean, I, I was as nervous as I ever was. You know, Practice was one hurdle, but I didn't get hit in practice. I was a quarterback. 
you know, and I wasn't totally healthy, but okay, wait, I'm practicing. But like, was, was my mind racing and my heart beating extra fast? The first time I had to go out and go, wait, am I going to, you know, when I get hit in the chest here, what, what's going to happen? You know, cause I had a big scar. When, when somebody puts their helmet right in my stomach, like, is that my scar going to be okay? I mean, so those thoughts are, of course, they're going to go through your brain. And with his case, which is even more dire and crazy, how could they not? So, yeah, that's going to be something that he's going to have to tackle literally in his brain day by day. Because like he said in, in one of his quotes too, right, he, hey, football is a sport where, you know, hesitation, it doesn't, it doesn't favor the people who hesitate. You know, we talk about the great teams all the time, the great players. They don't hesitate. Coach says run through the wall. They run through the wall. You know, when you start to hesitate and think, that's usually the guy that does get hurt or something happens. And, you know, those are the things he's going to have to continue to battle with and the demons he'll deal with in his brain here over the next few weeks. I mean, you get hurt or you get caught flat-footed and the guy runs right by you. Exactly. He's not hesitating while you're hesitating. Right. That's right. a great point. Right. When when did you? How long did it take for you to get past that 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 very natural and understandable trepidation about the the, the you know your scar and whether you'd have some other injury and and how, was it something that ever went away? It, no, it did. It did go away. It did. But I, I would say after I I played a game. I, I want to say it was Miami Dolphins, a preseason game there, and. You know, had a little success, moved in the pocket a little bit, and took a few shots. And I remember, you know, after really the first drive, coming out of the game and then walking on the field in the second drive and going, like, a big breath and going, okay, I'm okay. I remember this game right here. This is football. All right, let's do it. Like, I, I took a shot. I feel okay. All right? I mean, I knew I still wasn't totally physically myself throwing the football and all that, but I knew I could take the shot and do that. And that went a long way. And then, you know, so I would say after that first drive for somebody like me, I was a lot different person after that moment and felt like, okay, this is, you know, like riding a bike per se or something like that. Let's get back at it. And I think that's going to be the key for DeMar Hamlin. Back in a game, in a game setting with a full stadium. Yeah. Delivering a hit. A big taking hit. Taking a hit. Right. Taking, taking a, a contact to, to the, the chest, chest yes and getting up and right. and keep going yeah. and and cuz it was a routine hit remember all that stuff about the craziness e. higgins and right and yeah I, I no it was a routine hit that happens all the time and the sooner demar hamlin takes another hit like that and has that same epiphany you did okay i'm fine i'm back here we go then he's back to playing football and uh, it's good to see him back on the field. Obviously, it's good to see him in pads, and we'll see him in the preseason here coming up next weekend. Okay, the Broncos uh, had a couple of receivers that oh, are man. now no longer in the mix. Tim Patrick, for the second straight year, a training camp injury that knocks him out for the season. He goes from an ACL last year to a complete tear of the Achilles yesterday. It's... Again, it happens when you have football practice. It's one of the injuries that, that the guys who are out there cutting and making the sudden movements, that's where that, that tendon, it seems like a very delicate part of the body, and it can go, and it went. And now Tim Patrick, done for the year for the Denver Broncos, Chris. Yeah, it, that stinks for Tim Patrick. I mean, he's he's a hell of a player. He really is. You know, it's, it's unfortunate he had the injury last year. And it's just unfortunate we see this so much in sports in general. You know, guy guy bounces back from a serious injury, but 
there another serious injury occurs because they've had to overcompensate or something still not working the right way. And, uh, yeah, that's a tough one for Tim Patrick and, and, of course, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. He's big. He's a good route runner. He's one of those guys when he's covered, he's still not covered, and he can separate. So that's one less weapon. It's not a killer to their football team, but certainly hurts. They got Cortland Sutton. They got Judy. You know, they drafted a Marvin Mims. Uh, but, yeah, Tim Patrick, uh, he was going to be a big part of that offense. That's where it hurts. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Also for the Denver Broncos, without Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler stepping away from the game for treatment of pericarditis, a heart issue on the non-football injury list, actually waived by the Denver Broncos was K.J. Hamler. So they're down two receivers in one fell swoop. It just shows you how quickly a depth chart can change and how quickly a need can arise for the free agents that are out there Still waiting for an opportunity. Plenty of names at every position just waiting for that phone call. Once we get into training camp, this this is the kind of stuff that will happen that will create an opportunity for someone who's currently waiting for that call, Chris. Exactly right. And, you know, Sean Payton's smart, too. You know, he doesn't put all his eggs in one basket. He's got some guys that have been in the system before. Marquez Calloway's there, right? So he'll, oh, wait, I, I know how to do the Tim Patrick role. Right? Even little Jordan Humphrey, who's been around the NFL a little bit, he spent some time with the Saints. So he's got some guys that way. And then you see if the rookies can pop up too. And then, you know, like you said, you assess that and see how that goes over the next few weeks. And if there's a receiver out in the street or somebody else that you go, okay, wait, we, I don't trust these young guys or this guy's not made to do that. We need somebody else. Then they'll do that and, and, and dive into that. But, you know, as it stands right now, it stinks for Tim Patrick. He certainly was going to have a big role in the offense. But I don't think it's a, I don't look at it as a game breaker, at least for for the Denver Broncos. I still think Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton were always Sutton were always going to be targets number one and two, and that'll continue here as long as they stay healthy. One thing I've been curious about with Peyton, yeah, as we get closer to Week One, and as the Saints move toward trimming down their roster, will there be guys? that maybe the Saints are ready to move on from that were Peyton guys uh-huh. that Peyton will trade for, right? Just, you know, low-round pick, 
to get one of the guys that would have otherwise passed through waivers and maybe he couldn't have gotten. But I just, I've been keeping my eye on the possibility of transactions between the Broncos and the Saints as the Saints come to conclusions about guys that maybe they just don't see fitting anymore, but that, that Peyton would welcome because sure. he feels a certain way about them that maybe the people in New Orleans who are still there don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I certainly would, would have my eye out for that too. You know, right? and and what else does it do, Mike? Right, just like you know, it it like Marquez Callaway probably does. You get a few guys from your old regime. It helps to start this new culture here. You know, oh, we got a linebacker from the Saints. Now the linebacker, you know, he could tell the other, hey, expect this. Sean's gonna go in the meeting today. He's gonna be pissed. He's gonna be mother effing us. I mean, just whatever it is, they'll be able to you know lay the the groundwork a little bit for what to expect and and how to do things the Sean Payton way. And yeah, it's good. That's that's always makes coaches warm and cozy. We see that all the time. And yeah, I would think he's got his eye on on their roster a little bit and some guys he knows that you know he knows might fall off cuts when when that time comes well stay in the afc west albert breer of si.com on his training camp tour had a conversation with patrick mahomes and there were a couple of things that stood out to me and i just want to mention this we can talk about it a little bit the the other point is one that i think requires a bit more unpacking but mahomes recognizes and and this is just (laughs) a promise for chiefs fans and a warning to all other fans that he's only going to get better because one of the things he's determined to do, and one of the reasons he's glad he has Blaine Gabbert now on the team, because Gabbert's been with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, Mahomes is desperate to get to the point that Brady was, that he knows what's coming before the snap. So he doesn't have to run around with his hair on fire waiting for something to materialize. As he gets older, he's not going to be able to run as effectively relative to the guys chasing him. At some point, He needs to be more confined to the pocket and rifle the ball to the guy that he knows is going to be open based upon what he sees on the other side of the ball before the snap. And he is obsessed, Chris, with gathering that same kind of knowledge. And the more you play, the more you see, the less you're fooled. So with each year, he's got five as a starter. You give him five more, I don't know what it's going to take, seven, ten, years total in the NFL you give him five more as a starter and I think he'll be there and it's only going to make him better I I would agree I mean the guy's a gym rat I mean he's a gym rat he wants to tear your soul out he wants to win every game in the history of football I mean he wants it all he does and he's driven to do that that's why you know you love him and I don't think there's any doubt that he'll continue that fight to improve himself that way and and have that you know, let's say Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type knowledge, right? Where, yeah, it's like they're robots and they can see what's coming two plays ahead of schedule, right? Now, you know, he didn't have to dive into that part of his brain as quickly as they did because he's physically more gifted. But the fact that he knows it and knows there's room there, and we saw an adjustment last year. We talked about during the season last year how good he was playing in the pocket, staying in the pocket, going through reads, not looking for Tyree Kill, you know, seven pats down. the. He made adjustments to his game last year. He will continue. I don't doubt that at all. And 
That's the cool thing about him having Blaine Gabbard there. He can pick Blaine Gabbard's brain all the time and be like, what did Tom do when he did this? What did Tom do when they did that? What did Tom do in the Friday meeting? What did Tom say when the coach said that? And that's going to be great benefit to Patrick Mahomes, who's, yeah, on the chase to be the, the, the royal goat, the goatness himself. <laughs> And that's, that's what's concerning, I think, to every other team that competes with the Chiefs. This guy's got an incredible amount of natural ability, and he has put in the effort, and he has the desire to be even better. And he's spotting his flaws. He knows where he needs to improve, and he's determined to get there. He's not content to ever rest on anything he's ever done. And that's why even though he's five behind Tom Brady, get used to it, I think. With the Chiefs, even though even though they've had to pull a rabbit out of the hat and or their butts in their two Super Bowl wins down double digits in the second half. That's just part of that's of how they live. The guy <laughs> that's what they the do. Or he does it. The easier it is, because the more the opponent's going to be thinking, oh, God, here it comes. And here it comes from Patrick Mahomes. Now, one of the other factors and and, and I know Chiefs fans love it when I talk about how underpaid Patrick Mahomes is, but he is. And he was the highest-paid player in football three years ago at $45 million per year, new money average. Now he's $7.5 million behind Justin Herbert. It's only going to get worse when Joe Burrow signs his contract. He explained to Breer that he's looked at the way Tom Brady did things. You want to make money for yourself and for your family. You want to keep pushing the market forward for other quarterbacks. You don't want to be someone that they use against other players. But at the same time, I want these other guys to get paid. Now, here's the problem. Where he currently is on the spectrum, it isn't pushing the market forward for anybody. No. And it is something that can be used by other teams and against other players on his own team, like Chris Jones. He says he wants other guys to get paid, and he mentions Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. Well, Jones isn't getting paid. He's holding out. And Kelsey is embarrassingly underpaid, too. He's more embarrassingly underpaid, I would argue, than Mahomes at $15 million a year when a yeah. high-end receiver, 30, that's inflated by the back end of the contract, 20, let's say 27, 28. Kelsey should be up in that range too. So it's not like the money he's leaving behind is causing his other guys to get a windfall. By him leaving that money behind, it makes it easier for the Chiefs to say to those guys, who do you think you are? Patrick Mahomes isn't insisting on top of the market. Why should you? That's how it gets used against other players. Well, yeah, it, it, that's where I'm. I'm surprised where this is where again, I don't understand other teams sometimes. Where you know, I know I've brought this up before, but like you know, why, why did other teams just let the market explode the way it did after Mahomes? You could easily some of these teams just have been like, Mahomes is making this. You're not as good as him. You got to go a little less. I don't give a shit who you are. Sorry. You're not Mahomes. He's Mahomes. He's here. Everybody else is here. Uh, we've had this conversation before. It's like teams ca cause these own problems from themselves. So we got to one up the last guy, one up the last guy. I don't know. In the old days, uh, you know, you and I both know that used to go on where they'd be like, no, no, no. Joe Montana makes this. So, Phil Sims, you, you don't make that. you got to do what he does, and then you can make that. And that's the way it worked. Now it's just like, hey, next guy up. And if he's even the stratosphere of a top ten guy, it's the best contract now. I don't understand that, why teams take that approach. But, yeah, it's crazy. But Mahomes is so aware, like we talked about.
whether it was on the field reading defenses or whatever else, he's aware of what he's being paid and he's underpaid. But as we've hit a number of times over the last few weeks, he's more aware of how everybody gushes about Tom Brady and here talks about him as the GOAT. And the number one thing that always goes into that conversation about the GOAT, other than how he prepared himself and diet and all that, is that he took less the last eight or ten years of his career to accumulate more championships. And that's, again, to your point, where it's going to get used against people like Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and all that because they want to be great and be in the pantheons of the all-time great. So they're going to take a little less so they can make sure other guys get paid and the team is really good. By the way, that graphic is going to need to be updated because Aaron Rodgers gave up about $17 million a year. So he's no longer at 50.3, but he was. And, you know, we went through that period where every guy, every guy, next guy gets a little bit more than the one before. It went Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford with a redo. Um, before that, it was Derek Carr, Andrew Luck. I mean, it, it stagnated for a while. Yes, it did. And and you weren't seeing, and I think Tom Brady's latter years had right. something to do with it right. for the reasons that you said. Who do you think you are, Tom Brady? Look at what Brady's making. We're not going to do it. It went through that cycle for a little bit like five or six years ago. Then it flattened out again, and it was just Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Right. And now with Mahomes, it's unlocked this new thing. I think the Deshaun Watson contract yeah. guaranteeing that deal. Definitely. That had something to do with it. And now this year, we've seen Hertz crack well past $50 million a year at 51. Lamar at 52. Justin Herbert at 52.5. We know Burrow's going to be higher than that. Then comes Trevor Lawrence next year. And if Justin Fields has a Jalen Hurts type year, he's going to be up in that conversation too. At what point? If you're Patrick Mahomes, do you say, enough, enough? The understanding when I signed this 12-year contract was at some point it's going to become obsolete. At some point you're going to take care of it. It's already become obsolete. We need to take care of it. I mean, there's a point where – remember when Philip Rivers signed with the Colts and they gave him $25 million a year and we're like, whoa. But, you know, there's something to be said for – you know, the lawyer who drives the nice car, you got You got, everybody's got to believe that you're good at what you do. If you're driving a jalopy, they're like, I don't know what the hell he's doing. So you got to give the court, you got to tell everybody, this is our guy. And you got to give him that contract at a certain point. Mahomes is going to so, fall so far behind the top of the market. It's going to be embarrassing. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to be becoming of what Patrick Mahomes means to that team. No, I, you know, I, yeah, I, you're, you're right. It, it is. It, it looks a little crazy. It does. You know, and, and I don't know if they can figure out some way to maybe do another eight or ten year deal. Something I don't know what they do, you know. But I do know that a guy like Patrick Mahomes is very aware of the dynamics of like Brady, Michael Jordan, who took less forever because he was getting paid by fifty million dollars by Nike in nineteen eighty nine, so it didn't matter. But the two goats of our era right now took less for a, a significant part of their careers, and I think that. You know, the smart players and the guys that think about legacy, they're they're aware of that. And he's going to continue to fight this balance and probably will suppress the market a little bit because he's going to worry about, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm the man. I, I want to continue to be the man. I want the team to be good. I want to win the Super Bowls and do all that. And for a guy like Mahomes, he's getting to the stratosphere too where this is the other aspect of this where, I don't know, Mike, Who's worth more right now? Is it Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? Do you, do you know who's worth more money in the back? I think it's Tom Brady, right? The guy who took less is worth more. Well, why? 
He, I don't know. He, I don't know. I think it is. I don't, I don't know how the FTX thing affected Brady's overall portfolio. Well, I don't think he gave one dollar to the FTX. They gave him like a bunch of millions of dollars worth of FTX crap. But I don't think, in my understanding, he didn't give a dollar. He had a worth a bunch of money worth that invested in it, and that's how they gave, you know get him to do commercials. At least that's my understanding. But either way, the point is that you know last time I googled it, Brady had more money. And he took less, but he also, because he was the GOAT, he could just say, hey, I want this many millions for this appearance and this many millions for this commercial and all that. So that's where, you know, players like Mahomes can, you know, play this balancing act a little bit as well. We're never going to get reliable information no, I on know. Google or elsewhere right. when it comes to something How like dare this. you? Google's always I have a right. Feeling, <laughs> I have a feeling, I have a feeling Omaha Productions Ooh. is a freaking gold mine. You're right. It is now. He might be worth more now. So, You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Um, now, now, here, here's where, here's where, I'm, I want to throw something out there. I hadn't planned to talk about this, uh, which you know, pretty much captures 95% of what we talk about. But we talk from time to time about how NFL players want to be like NBA players. And it's almost like when there's a great NBA player. It's a given that it's something going to go somewhere. Super else, max contract right? somewhere else, whatever. Yeah, right. Right. What, when will this happen? That okay, first round pick quarterback or or a second rounder like a Jalen Hurts who becomes great. Right. Guy says, you know what? I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. I'm I'm going to stay here for my rookie contract. You can tag me twice. If you want to give me a 44% raise over my second tag, you can tag me a third time, but then I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, and you don't have to put it on a billboard, but if that's just his plan from the get go, that he's going to pick, he's going to do the Tom Brady late career. I'm going to go find my next frontier. I'm going to go handpick a situation where it's rigged for me to win so I can add to my legacy. I'll go to this team. I'll go to that team. I'll sign a short-term contract because I'll have all the leverage as I become an unrestricted free agent. And then I'll just go to this team and I'll go to that team. It's like what Brady fell into 19 years in. What if one of these guys decides that that's how he's going to run his career and he's going to start hopscotching from team to team LeBron James style Six, seven years in. Isn't it just a matter of time before somebody does that? Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point. I don't think it's as easy in football. I know Brady and Stafford did it, and we are like, whoa, wait, you could do it in one year and go win the Super Bowl and do all that type of stuff. I still think that's the outlier more than the reality of of how easily that can be done, right? And then, you know, I – I think the other conversation is there. You'll be more vilified, I think, in the NFL doing that, especially a quarterback, right? I think people can deal with, like, defense By who? Corner. By who? By the fans. By I think the fans will do it, you know, and just because of, like, the point you bring up all the time. The loyalty is to the laundry, to the logo on the helmet. The NBA is not like that. The NBA, the loyalty is to the players. It's a player-driven sport. You know, one guy goes to a new team, and we go, whoa, Kevin Durant, whatever team he's going to join this year, we'll see whatever one he picks. We're going to go, whoa, you know, they're in, the, they're in the NBA Finals conversation. Football doesn't always work like that. I mean, it rarely works like that. And I do think that there's more – you know, fans that are obsessed with the logo and the team. And I think that, yeah, they'd get on a quarterback if he started to do that on a, you know, every year basis or did that too much. 
Not if they think they had a chance of getting him on their team. Yeah, well, you're that, right. That's when, for that year, that's when they like would it. warm up very <laughs> quickly to <laughs> yeah. the idea. But, I, I mean, just think about that. A guy who comes in and says, I'm doing my seven years with the team that drafted me, and then I become unrestricted, and I'm only signing a two-year deal with no tag. Two-year deal, no tag. And we'll decide after the two years where this is going to go. And then after that, I'll either stay or I'll go somewhere else. You're getting recruited every other year. You get to pick your spot every other year. You go get to pick a super team every other year where you're the guy that takes a team that's – you're the Aaron Rodgers. See, we're seeing guys do it late in their career between Brady and Stafford and Rodgers. My point is, at some point, one of these guys needs to say, I'm going to do it early in my career, and it's going to be the bulk of my career, the best of my prime. And all those years I can milk out of it on the back end. I'm just going to go to where I think every other year, because I don't think you could do one-year deals, but hey, maybe, maybe. Let's get nuts. Let's do one-year deals. I'll go every year to the team where I think I got a good chance to win a Super Bowl. And wouldn't it be something if we ultimately see a, a, a quarterback who wins a Super Bowl with three or four different teams? I just feel like at some point, as time moves forward, and maybe we'll both be alive to see it. Maybe one of us, maybe neither of us. I just feel like it's inevitable that someone is going to enter the sport with that mindset that this is how I'm going to do this. And he's going to be good enough to pull it off, and he's going to achieve enough in his first seven years with his first team to lay the foundation to do in his late 20s what Brady and Rodgers did in their late 30s, or in Brady's case, early 40s. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I don't doubt what you're saying there. And uh, I, I would not be shocked if we saw it. It goes against a little bit of the thoughts of football, right? Where, like, you heard Joe Burrow a few weeks ago, like, hey, yeah, you know, he talked about, you know, relationships between the best players on the team. That's how you build something. That's how you build a culture. It's how you build a, a winning success. Those are things that, of course, football players do believe in, and you'd be kind of skirting that to a degree. Right. But yeah, like we've seen, it's not impossible. Uh, it's not. We saw Brady and Stafford do it and they got it done. And and we saw Peyton Manning do it, too, with the Denver Broncos. Right. So, uh, I mean, you're I don't think you're crazy to think that that happens at some point. Uh, but but yeah, it's not quite like the NBA. And I think quarterbacks are a little bit more into you know, building something and being like, I'm the best player in this history of this franchise. Right. And that's where maybe, you know, you're going to have to find one that's out of that mold a little bit and, and thinks a little differently like you're talking about. You got to get somebody who breaks from the mold, yeah. the brainwashing, yeah. from the indoctrination that comes from being a fan of the NFL, that you see the value in your own individual career from one team to another to another. Not this idea that I want to be one of the all time greats for the team that that I that I was drafted by and I want to stay here and I want to be here for 20 years. So I just think at some point there's going to be somebody who's wired that way that says, I'm going to treat this like the full NBA experience. And if one does it, maybe yeah, that, that will start it the, off. Yeah. The attitude toward NFL players doing what NBA players do. All right, we got to take a break. When we return, George Pickens had some interesting comments to Kevin Clark of the ringer. We'll share with you some of the best when PFT live continues right after this. Super Bowl 43 MVP Santonio Holmes at Steelers practice coaching up George Pickens a little bit. I would listen 
to San Antonio Holmes. That catch he made back at the end zone to deliver the victory over the Cardinals. Some thought Ben Roethlisberger should have been the MVP. There's the guy who won the MVP. And George Pickens, good enough to do the exact same thing under the right circumstances. He is incredible. The catches he makes, the blocks that he can accomplish, he puts guys on their butts. And he got, he had some uh, comments to Kevin Clark of the Ringer that, that kind of give us a look inside of of how he thinks and what makes him tick. And and here's here's why he is such an aggressive blocker. I'm big, I'm fast, low 4-4 speed, catch radius is crazy. Every time I get out on the field, I do kind of play angry because I should get the ball on every play. <laughs> Just look at the size and the frame. If I was a coach, I'd throw it to him every time. But that's not how the NFL works. So every time I'm out there, that's why I throw blocks. I love getting the ball, and when I'm not getting the ball, I play angry so the attention is back on me. I basically draw attention to myself. I'd never thought of it that way. When the play isn't called toward you, don't lollygag to the line of scrimmage like Randy Moss used to do and just stand there. Go put someone on their ass. And oh. that's what he always does. Look at that. It's, it's, it's a, he's a football player. There, there's no doubt about that. He answered that question last year. And I don't know why we shouldn't be shocked. You know, Georgia, of course, is, is one of the more physical teams in football. And they got that type of attitude. But, yeah, he ain't afraid of contact. And then, of course, he's got the bravado and the swag of every elite freaky receiver I've ever been with. You know, this, this is why, you know, at some point during the year, we're going to see him throw the helmet on the sideline and be mad he doesn't get the ball. You know, because, yeah, him, the Odell Beckham Juniors, the Julio Jones of the world, gosh, you know, Brandon Marshall, you've heard me talk about all of them. When they don't get the ball, they are like, what, what is going on? Why is our coaches so stupid? I'm the best athlete on the team. Why am I not getting it? And then you got to deal with it as a quarterback because you got to hear they're open every play. It doesn't matter. Wait, good. Well, wait. Here, there's a picture here. There's three guys on you. Just throw it up, man. Put it in a spot where you just. So that's the way those guys think, and that's why they can get very emotional and you know be fun to be with at at, at, at times. <laughs> he also had some comments about the guys who try to cover him, and he has some that he regards as overthinkers. Mm. Specifically, he says Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey are overthinkers, and those are the best guys. That's why I think most DBs can't really check me. It gets back to what we were talking about earlier about hesitation. You can't hesitate. You can't try to play a guessing game about where the guy's going to go. You just have to go. And if you think too much, that guy's going to run right Right by by you, and you're not going to be in position when the ball comes in and he makes that ridiculous catch. Yeah, no, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's nuanced, this guy. You know, it's just not just some guy who just, ooh, wait, I'm just going to run by you with, you know, low 4-4 speed and that's it. Uh, you could The route running's real, right? He knows how to, like, play head games with the DBs a little bit. Wait, they saw me release like this a few times. They're going to think I'm going to run this route, but this time I'm going to use it against them and run another route, right? You know, so he's got, you know, some feel for the game, some instincts there that I think that that's why – you hear the Steelers talk about him in such high regard. He's got, you know, superstar type qualities. And that's what's kind of like exciting and intriguing about the Steelers this year. The O-line should be better. Pick it in year two. You know, Deontay Johnson we know is damn good. Fryer Muth is damn good at tight end. And now you got Pickens, you know, on the outside, and you might have to worry about Najee Harris in a real run game this year. I'm excited to see what Matt Canada and, and this offense might look like. And will they get out of the dink and dunk short passes and start attacking with this freak down the field? That's what I want to see from the Steelers. 
The Steelers can be at their most dangerous when no one expects anything from them. And they're just kind of the also ran, you know, they're slipping to the back of the pack in their own division. Nobody's looking at the Steelers as a serious contender this year. And that just plays right into their hands. And you're laying out the reasons why maybe they should be taken more seriously. Pickens had another great comment, too, about defensive backs who get in what he called the toilet position, where when they're up against the line and they crouch. Yeah. And I think a Lester Hayes. Remember how right. Lester Hayes would real get down low like and that? His hands would be dangling. Yeah. yeah, right. He just shoves him right into the ground. It's easy. They're already like off balance, holding themselves there, and he just you know that makes it easier to just put him on the ground. It's it's just it's great to see a receiver with just that kind of raw physicality and 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 isn't just willing to use it. He's desperate to use it, and he channels his frustration at not getting the ball on every single play into taking it out on the guy across from him. Yeah, the uh, the Steelers got some difference makers, right? Is it enough? Do they have enough depth? Is the O-line going to be good enough? You know, is the interior part of their D-line and middle linebackers good enough? We know T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and Minka Fitzpatrick are real, right? Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, Pickett, all of them are good. It, it's, the, it's the meat and potatoes of their roster that we got to see, right? And not that I think they're going to be bad. I just don't know how good they're going to be. And like you said, I think if we were just sitting here and we were objectively evaluating on paper, yeah, I would think I would say their roster is fourth best in the AFC North as we sit here right now, right? I'm definitely going to say the Ravens and Bengals are one, too. I'm going to give the Browns three and then go with the Steelers. But like you said, there's a culture up there, the physicality with the Steelers, and we'll see how this O-line gels together. Is Cam Hayward still a stud? And who else can help them out on the interior part of the D-line to you know, make them a real force in the AFC? Those are some of the things i got to see to totally believe it in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Steelers have not finished last in their division since 1988. Wow. And this year, this year, there could be danger of it, but I think that plays right into Mike Tomlin's hands to ensure that it doesn't happen. All right, we're going to take a break. Jerry Jones apparently still intends to keep Jimmy Johnson out of the ring of honor. He has an interesting explanation for his latest snub of Johnson. We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. Football returns this week, Thursday night from Canton, Ohio location of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fame game, the New York Jets against the Cleveland Browns. Football. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on NBC and Peacock. One of those busts belongs to the well-coiffed Jimmy Johnson, former Cowboys coach. He's in the Hall of Fame, but he's not in the Cowboys ring of honor. Now, when Johnson made it to the Hall of Fame. Jerry Jones, possibly after a few tumblers of Johnny Walker Blue, said that Johnson would be placed in the team's ring of honor. That still hasn't happened. And yesterday, Jones had a pretty interesting justification for keeping Johnson out. We're going to make those announcements as we go. We'll just let that go. I've got a couple of coaches in addition to Jimmy that ought to be in that ring of honor. Well, there's only one other Cowboys coach that's in it, and that's Tom Landry. And there aren't many other Cowboys coaches other than those two because for the first 35 years of the team's existence, it was Tom Landry and Jimmy Johnson. After that, it's Barry Switzer, Chan Gailey, Dave Campo, Bill Parcells, Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett, and the current head coach, 
Mike McCarthy. I would love to climb onto Jerry's bus and have a conversation about which couple of coaches from that group would belong in what he calls a very exclusive, highly exclusive club of the Ring of Honor. Man. When only one of them got as far as an NFC Championship game, and that was Barry Switzer with the team that Jimmy Johnson built up in the first place. That, that, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. It, it makes Jerry Jones look very petty. It does. I mean, whatever the hell he was saying there with that. And, you know, he, he went on with another, you know, few talking points where you're like what i don't even know what what point you're making he'd be better off if he just went out and said just said you know what i don't like jimmy johnson he's a jerk and i don't want him to ring him on i'd respect that more than this crap he's pulling off here but come on i mean he's definitely the second greatest coach in the history of the organization barry switzer should have an asterisk next to his super bowl it should be like half jerry jimmy johnson's the whole nfc and all of football was so freaking happy and I can speak to this because my dad was playing and, you know, embedded in the that, that Jimmy Johnson left the Cowboys in their prime. Holy crap. Right. Have you ever watched America's game and the 95 Cowboys? Troy Aikman talks about it, how they got worse every year. He said the 95 team was worse than the 94 team, which was worse than the 93 and 92 team. And they won the Super Bowl. But everything, the whole culture and what we knew of the Cowboys was all changed by Jimmy Johnson. How about them Cowboys is a thing because of Jimmy Johnson, right? I mean, yeah, I, it, it makes no sense to me. And, and honestly, yeah, I think Jerry Jones looks very petty in, in this one. And he's the rare college coach who came to the NFL and instantly figured it out. It's an inherently different game, contrary to what Urban Meyer thought. Jimmy Johnson knew it was different. He figured out what it took to be successful. He changed the culture. And it worked, and he built that team. See, the core of this is who gets credit for the team that won three Super Bowls in four years. Jerry Jones wants more credit than anyone gives him, and my guess is he knows from Jimmy Johnson. He senses. If Johnson hasn't flat out said it, I built this team. All you did was sign the checks. I I think that's fair. I think that's what everybody thinks. I don't think, you know. We're putting anything else crazy out in the world there. I give Jerry Jones a lot of credit. He did, you know, you know, expand the business of the Cowboys and the NFL and certainly embolden them not to be scared to spend money or be aggressive and do some of that. But, yeah, I mean, it still goes back to Jimmy Johnson. And, of course, I give Jerry Jones great credit for hiring Barry Switzer and, and having the guts to fire a legend like Tom Landry. He does deserve some credit. I know that. That's for sure. But, you know, to not have the second greatest coach in the history of your franchise not in the ring of honor because of some personal little spat or you want more attention or credit or whatever else, yeah, that's just not right. And, and I hope one day this gets done. And, you know, at the end of the day, the explanation for why he's doing what he's doing might be the same explanation as why he has a super yacht. Because he can. Yeah. Plain and simple. He's doing it because he can. He's the guy who's the custodian for who gets in to the Ring of Honor for as long as he owns the team. And he's not putting Jimmy Johnson in because he can. Because he's in charge. And that's the reminder, lest there be any doubt as to who was in charge of those Cowboys teams that won those Super Bowls. Jimmy Johnson wasn't in charge of those teams. I was in charge of those teams. And if Jimmy Johnson isn't willing to admit that, I'll show him I was in charge of those teams 
by being in charge of the Ring of Honor and never putting him in it. All right, we got to take a break. When we return, the grid game is back. Crossovergrid.com slash PFT. Get there now and play along as Chris and I, hopefully, we did well last week. We didn't need much help from Pete Demolitis. Hopefully, we can get through again today without uh, making ourselves look like the morons that we are. More PFT Live right after this. You talked to us last time on, on Part of My Take. You said that you had considered getting a pet lion on the sidelines. I did. Did you Have you had any further conversations about bringing a live lion? Well, I, I would say that Sheila, was. she had no problem with it, but the league apparently frowns on those oh, type of things. Roger Goodell, John no Gruden. I'm, John not gonna, was I'm, right. not, I'm not going to point out Roger on this. I'm just going to say that the, the league frowns on that. Let's just say that. Okay, It'd be yeah. nice, though, to have a lion sitting behind Jack Fox being like, you better, you better punt that. <laughs> it does add a little little scare tactic. It does. The guy's got to play it's for the It's a job little extra motivation. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. it does. I love that. I love that. Is it me? Pardon my take talking to Or does Dan, Dan Campbell. Campbell already look like a lion? I mean, is he the only coach in football that looks like right. the actual team You're mascot? Right. I think he is. That's true. I mean, That's true. Damn. I mean, I never thought of it that way. He needs to grow his hair out like he used to when he was playing. Right, And then right. he would have the full lion look. Got the mane. Right. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, uh, Berkey, Berkey is in my ear. He goes, it's like a little like John Elway, the John Elway effect. And, you know, people used to get on John Elway with his smile and the horse and all that. So, yeah. We've got the crossover (laughs) grid for today. A special one made just for us. Crossovergrid.com slash PFT and play along. This one, this one is not easy. Here are the topics and here's how it works. It's a nine square, like Hollywood squares, where you have intersections of vertical and horizontal categories. And you have to figure out who fits in those intersections. And the goal is to pick someone with a low percentage someone that isn't the obvious choice so today across the top the rams the panthers and undrafted played 10 or more seasons those are the three across the top the horizontal categories are cowboys eagles and 1000 or more receiving yards in a single season and chris as soon as you saw this during the break you crapped your pants i did over that lower right corner intersection of a thousand or more receiving yards in a single season and undrafted and played 10 or more years i know this is one of those and when i do these games four five six of them i instantly know it's the last two or three sometimes four that i'm just like driving myself crazy trying to think of who fits this one i'll take this take one first. it take it this one and you'll and you'll and you'll You'll be ashamed that you were perplexed. Rod Smith, Denver Brown. Oh my gosh, you're Finally. right. I am ashamed. You're you're totally right. I'm ashamed of that. I that's what Did happened. You play you, with him? Uh, no, I didn't play with him. But I mean, damn, I was going to school with Kyle Shanahan in Texas when he was on the damn Broncos and knew those stories. I'm a I'm a dumbass for that one. That one, yes, I should have got it. It's a, well, now, it's, don't feel bad. You're a dumbass for many other reasons. Okay, thank you. Thank you. It's proven the pudding, though. When it gets thrown <laughs> out here and we're just seeing it, it's like you choke under the pressure when you know the time's coming, right? Yeah, I'm a little scared here. All right, Cowboys, Rams, you got anything there in that box on the top oh, left? I, yeah, I, I got I got, yeah. I mean, th- this one's inside information. I mean, right up the road for me, Tavon Austin played for both teams. Oh, that that's that a good – I was going to say Dante Fowler, but Tavon Austin will be better. I'm sure that'll be less. So let's let's take that for sure. Let's see what it is. What is that? 
What's the percentage? I can't. Four point five. Four point five. I'm surprised 5. it's that high. All right. What about? All right. Here's another one that I just you know thousand yard receivers. Right. Let let let's let's the thousand which, yards. Which category? Well, let's go the Rams, Rams or thousand plus yard single season. All right. You know, I mean, we know some of the recent ones, but like, let's dive back right. into the time. Like, you want to go Henry Ellard or Flipper Anderson, somebody like that. Henry Ellard is interesting. Flipper Anderson. Well, I was thinking Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch Ooh, is a possibility. Although, I did know. he have a thousand yards? Back I don't in know the 50s? about that. That's I what I'm not know. sure. Let's they go played like five games. Henry let's, Ellard. Let's go Henry Ellard. Yep, man, that's a blast from the past right there. There it is. Let's let's hope that he had a thousand yard season. Yep. Let's see. What's the percentage? All right, seven point five. Not bad. That's good. That's under ten. Crazy Legs did. Crazy Legs Hirsch did have a thousand yards, according to Berkey. So I was at least onto something there. Okay, let's finish that category then. Let's hit the middle. Eagles Rams. Eagles Rams. I think I may have one for Eagles Rams. Well, feel free to sp- sp- uh, say it I, out loud. I. I I think I may have one for Eagles Rams. Oh, I think you're gonna you're gonna feel dumb or dumber when you consider a certain Super Bowl MVP that played for both teams. Have I narrowed it down for you sufficiently? A certain MV- a Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP that played for the Eagles. Well, there's there's and the Rams. There, wait, who am I missing here? That played for the Eagles. Remember, there was a time Nick when Bowles, Nick Foles Nick played Bowles, for the Rams. Damn, right. And it was yeah, a I disaster. Was like, Wait, and Nick he Bowles, he played for the football. Rams? Right? I totally. He played off. Woo, man. The reason, I, the reason I know he played for the Rams is he was as bad as bad can be when he played for the Rams. <laughs> yes, it made his was. rise to the Super Bowl MVP stratosphere even more amazing. All right. Panthers, Cowboys. Let's try that one. And for the, both of these, and I play these games enough that I've got a certain, like, data bank in my brain of guys that I know played for a bunch of different teams. Gosh. Usually it's quarterbacks or kickers. I got both of these. You got, I got bo- both. You got both already for Cowboys and Panthers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, these are easy. These are easy. Yeah. Give me something hard to sell as Dwight Schrute. Well, they throw a name. Yeah, Let you me hear your first. Cowboys Panthers. Let me hear who you got well, there. This is a guy who, this is a guy who played for pretty much every team starting in 1987 as got, the first overall pick in the draft of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and he ultimately was called off of his couch at age 48, I think, to play for the Panthers. Vinny damn, Testaverde. That's a great call by Final you. Final answer. That's a great call but by I know you. Who, I, he played for the Browns. He played for the Ravens. He played for the Jets. He it would have took me a while to think up. about him with the Panthers. I wouldn't have got there. It would have took me a while. I'd have that had to was sit his here. last stop. Holy crap. Yeah, that that's literally called off of his couch. You're killing it right now. Okay, what about Eagles Panthers? You got anything there that fits? Yeah, I'm going to let you struggle with that one a little bit. Yeah, it's another guy that's played for a bunch of different teams. Damn it. It's another a quor- quarterback that an- played for a bunch of different teams. It's another quarterback? Who works for one of the two teams now? Who works for one of the new two teams now? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, McCown you is there. You personally know. Josh McCown is there. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's another. Yeah. yeah. yeah see, the next this- clue was going to be we saw him at dinner. I, I would have got there. Yeah, right. I would have got there, but it, it, like right here under the gun before a commercial break, I'm, I'm, I'm choking my ass off right now. I really am. All right, 1,000-yard right. receivers. Should we take a break and finish it All up? Right. All right, let's take a break. Let's take a break and let Chris collect himself Woo! because he's against the ropes today. I'm flustered. Let's see if he can push himself off with one of these last three squares that we still have. More PFT Live right after this. Best celebration dance you've done or seen. The Eagles last year when they did uh, 
the little step show. Uh, that, that was the best one I've seen so far. Recency bias, Travis Kelsey with the snaky leg was pretty hard. I haven't seen snaky leg in a minute. Uh, I like Jacoby Jones. It's like, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Gronk spikes, a great celebration. Um, might have to do it a couple times this season. We'll see. There's like a, there's a key and peel skit that was probably my favorite. AB when he I was like torquing the end zone. <laughs> Peach Bowl, we played uh, Pitt in 2021. I did, I did a little dance. You'll have to see the video to see it. I like the. Uh, the uh, like the hands up kind of like that, but I, I do like the uh, the belly walk too, the Conor McGregor belly walk, bringing that alive. No brainer for me uh, after a catch against Texas. Um, tight end kind of picked me up, tried to push him off, couldn't, and just started shaking my hands and my legs. So that was a big popular one, but it was just very random. Gritty. I gotta go with Kasicki's gritty from this past year. He took a he took a new age classic and made it his own, and I, I look to maybe do that with one as, as well. Great stuff from some of the NFL's rookies. I had forgotten how badass the Jacoby Jones celebration was. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, we've we've had some we've had some good ones over the years, certainly. Like, and and it's fun that the league is you know lowered their their rules for that for for TV purposes, social media purposes. I mean, we get a laugh what once or twice a week about you know crazy celebrations in the end zone that are fun and make us giggle. So it's a, it's a good thing to have in the sport. That's for sure. The first great one I remember was Billy White Shoes Johnson with the Oilers oh, back yeah. in the 70s. Come he on. He would do the, the, the legs flap and he'd do a split. Uh, but I think that the, the, the iconic and the the best and that will never be replaced is Deion Sanders. Yes, agreed. Just, the greatest There's only ever. one guy that could ever pull that off right. the way he did. There was one guy that could do it the way he did, and, and his is the best. Bar none. Everything else is competing for second place. All right. Uh, I wonder if Deion Sanders fits on today's grid. Let's finish this grid. Let's see if Chris has any ideas for the final three squares. We ripped through the first six. Here's what we have left for those of you listening on radio or podcast. Cowboy undrafted player who played for 10 or more seasons. Eagles undrafted who played for 10 or more seasons. And a Panthers player who had 1,000 or more receiving yards in a single season. Oh, I just thought of another one there that may not be obvious. Well, there's Mushin Muhammad, Greg Olson. Right. 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 What about Christian McCaffrey? Oh, I McCaffrey know we were just talking be... about that earlier. Yeah. McCaffrey, Which one you want to go with? What do you think is going to be the, the least amount? What do you think is going to be the – Well, probably Mushin Muhammad. Probably some, uh, is Muhammad going to be lower than McCaffrey? Maybe. Which one do you want to go with? You want to go with Muhammad? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. M-U-H-S-I-N. Yeah. M-U-H-S-I-N, Muhammad, and there it is. What do we got? Uh, He's in there. Mushi Muhammad had 1,000 yards. Oh. Well, we're we're screwed now. M-U-H-S-I-N. That's what happened. That's what happened. Did you hit the wrong guy? Yeah, it clicked on a different guy. All right, we're going to get Mushin Muhammad. That's coming. He fat-fingered it. Berkey. Oh, Berkey. Oh, he's choking. All right, we'll get there. You're using your last chance. Let's get to the other ones, right, Why he figures out how to type in Mushin Muhammad, all right? page. At Cowboys, you okay. got anybody? Like, see, these are ones I'm okay with. I had a little yes. time to think yeah, about no, no. it. Don't do this to me. And I'm not Don't choking. Don't do this to me. I'm surprised they haven't played the video. Come on. I mean, Tony Romo is the obvious one. But Drew Pearson, the the, 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 the guy who haunted my childhood. 
I was going to go with I was going to go with Everson Walls. That that was the one I was going to go with. That'd be if I, that would probably be lower. I know that would yeah. be too late now. Yep, too late. Thanks, thanks, Berkey. Yeah, there it is. Boom. All right. Touchdown, Drew well, Pearson. Why do we have to do that? Eat it, Okay, Vikings. now, do you have an Eagles, undrafted Eagle, who played 10 or more years? I mean, if it was Viking, I'd say John Randall. This is I where, don't know about Eagle. Eagle, this is where, okay, wait, there's two There's two that I remember through time that are uh, undrafted, right? And I'm just not sure they're 10-plus seasons, so this is where I might need your help. Andre Waters, remember Andre Dirty Waters, number 20? Yes. Right? Yes. I, know, I remember him. That was always a thing growing up that, oh, man. He, and also, um, uh, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, I was just watching something the other day on him in the Meadow, M- Miracle of the Meadowlands. So which one do you like there better? You think that's going to be well, less? Did and- I mean, do you have to play 10 seasons yeah. with the Eagles, or is it 10 I, I total seasons? 10 did Andre season, Waters right? play? Yeah. All right. Well, whichever one you want to go with. Do you want to go Waters or do you want to go Edwards? Let's go, let's go Waters. Choice. Let's go Waters. Let's give Andre Waters a little love. What was that percentage, Berkey? All right. Seven point one. Okay, not bad. Not bad. Now, 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 you got to start. We got to get Muhammad in there. What? Come on, man. Come on. We got We didn't. We we finished it. All right. We got to get him in. All right. All right. Well, auto corrected his name, uh, so Mushin Muhammad would be right. Christian McCaffrey would be right. Steve Smith would be right. Greg Olson would be right. And uh, during the next break, I'm going to see who else had a thousand yards for. Uh, the Panthers in receiving. Is he spelling that right, Berkey? M U H. I. It's M U H. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Well, extra person on set Thursday night, although we won't need another chair. Maria Taylor announced yesterday she is expecting a baby in January. That, Chris, was the best news of the day that I heard. That's for damn sure. Yeah, no, it's that's big time news. I'm so happy for Maria. I, I actually uh, was aware of this uh, a little while ago. She let me in. I'm in the trust tree. Me and Maria are close friends, so I kind of already knew. Um, you know, one day you'll be there with her, but you're not there yet, obviously. But either way, yeah, it is great news. It's, it's Maria is a, a great person, a great friend, great to work with. She adds so much energy, and she's been working, you know, and her and her husband have been trying to get pregnant, and I'm just so happy that it happened for them. Yeah, awesome, awesome news. And uh, we will see her tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's In right. Canton. It's yeah. going to be a. It's I mean, it's kind of like it's back and it's happening. I'll head to Canton later today. You will as well. Maybe yep. we'll cross paths tonight. Maybe we'll have dinner and you won't show up. And then uh, we'll do the show tomorrow from the library at the Sheraton Suites. Oh, Cuyahoga baby. Falls. Yeah. And uh, maybe from the stadium on you, Thursday if I'm willing to make the drive. Are you down. driving and tomorrow? Are you going to drive there to the Canton? Are you, are you going to take one of your, you know, big time let's cars say, there? Let's just say. Let's just say I'm going by car. Oh, baby. All right. Don't be a wimp. Step on the pedal. Open that thing up a little. All right. See you tomorrow. See See you tonight, Chris. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.